Yes, hello folks. Welcome to the Jock and Journo show. It is Jay Clark, Collingwood captain, five-time All-Australian, five-time Copeland Trophy winner, Scott Pendlebury, and the great man here, Sammy Gaston. You're outstanding on debut last week, uh, Thank Sammy. You, We're just looking to take it up a peg, mate, every show from here. So bring your A game. Just build. Just build. Yeah. <laughs> improve. We're just looking to improve. It's great to have you on board. Scotty, six wins in a row for the Pies. Um, congratulations last week, mate. You got it done. Bit of a grind against the Gold Coast. How, you happy about that? Um, yeah, I thought we played actually like pretty good footy for probably three quarters, just yeah. before three-quarter time. The last quarter just turned pretty messy, I think. Um, you know, our rotations completely dropped away with two guys so on the who, bench. Who didn't come off the ground, mate? They well, we had like... Dunny obviously yeah. gone down with his knee, and then there was someone else who went down... With something, so we literally had two on the bench yep. for a while, and then a couple of guys got caught out in the ground, which sort of frustrates <laughs> me a little bit because it's a pretty easy thing to do after someone kicks a goal is to rotate off the ground. You give the boys a bit of a serve when you know if they don't come off, or give us. Um, well, what's, I may what's have the grabbed cue? the group at three quarter time and just let guys know that it's not on. So <laughs> well, the flow and effect though is huge because yep. if you stay out for another just five more minutes and just think, oh, five more minutes, I'll just hang out here, I'll, mm. I'll get it. So that guy now is on the bench for ten yep. minutes instead of five, and then yep. you could like you could I could sort of feel the whole group slowing down in that like late in that third quarter because we we had at one stage we had two guys off getting checked and two blood rules so we couldn't rotate anyway. So, yep. but um yeah, it's an underrated part of the game that you've got to get. You, it's a real selfless thing to do. And yeah, um, I was never a huge fan of coming to the bench. I'll be honest. I sort of hide, hide out on the other wing somewhere. Yeah. You know when the runner comes out, it's Clarky, come off. Yeah, 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 mate. Oh, I'll come in a second. Yeah. Hang on. Well, the, barely the runner anymore comes out and tells you to come off. You just do it. You just know that you've got like sort of set rotations, um, you know, your stints. You don't ever want to get out to that point of exhaustion. You want to get off just yeah. before that. Well, I, th- so. I think if you, if someone's really dragging the chain on this, guess what do you reckon? I think you should name them. I think you should come out. Oh, public- absolutely. I mean, next Jock and Journal podcast, anyone, Scott, who frustrates you this weekend, it doesn't come off when they should. We want name names. Yep. Yeah, well, Crispy was caught Ooh, on the bench. So he early. was one that got caught. He oh, was so on the he bench wanted to get t- back on. 12 minutes, just sitting there. And how did he... Well, he's a defender, so there's only six guys that are down there that didn't come <laughs> off, so... Probably Langers. And it wasn't Dunny because he was Probably already Langers. <laughs> who's the worst for it? Who's who's cutting it close to the wind? Um, no, I, I'm trying to think. Like, I remember Beamsy was always really bad. Yeah. Like because he's just a gut runner, so he'd prefer to stay on for yeah. 20 minutes and run. Yeah. Whereas it just sort of where our rotations were geared around how Swanee's fitness levels were operating. So <laughs> the three to four minute stints. So um, yeah, but it's, uh, if they go to 40 or 60, I think I've said. Uh, I think a few of the boys and a few of the footballers around the league will be into the strife. Do you think it could increase, seriously? Um, well, I think games are just going to get nasty if it, like, you drop rotations to 40 or 50. What do you mean nasty? Or like this, the standard of games, uh-huh. like skill level will feel, fall right away because guys are going to be that knackered. And I know they think guys will be tired so they won't get back on defence, they'll hold their yeah. shape in offence or whatever. It's just like, park the bus. You know, I don't think the coach is going to be too happy if you're just like, oh, sorry, coach, I was a bit bit cooked. I just wanted to play offence today. Yeah. So, so don't you I, just yeah. sit, and sit in the back half then? Like, don't you just oh, you teams, gravitate teams more? potentially that are, say, really defensively orientated, they might just flood for a bit. All right, yeah. five minutes each quarter going to flood, just recharge recharge, and then go. So, yeah, I just... I don't. I don't think it's. No one ever walks away from a game of footy thinking, "Geez, that team rotated really well today," or they rotated poorly. No yeah. one even knows about it until 
you draw attention to it. Also notice you've had a fresh cut, Gas. What do you think? It's, I think it's one of your best haircuts because Thanks, you, d- you you went a long time without a cut and it was yeah. getting long. I'm wondering you're going to go back to the dreads and all that sort of stuff. But it's a good cut. Tell us about the cut because I've also noticed, and uh, well, this is something we brought to the table um, last podcast. But I've also noticed that the brows are looking nice. They are. A lot of space between the brows. Yeah. A lot of space. There's two clear brows there and sometimes <laughs> it does morph into one, Scotty. It does. So um, yeah, you've, well, had a, you've clearly had another brow chop yeah, that's inspired by me we went up to um the gold coast so on friday we played saturday night so got up there friday um, had a bit of time to kill yeah. so there's a little um shop around the corner from where we're staying so i just ducked in and walking appointments and just seeing if i could get a haircut and it's funny the whole time i was thinking like he'll <laughs> ask me at some stage i bet you for a brow chop and when he does don't laugh and right at the end he's like you happy with the haircut and i'm like yeah no worries and he sort of walked off to get the mirror and he's yeah. So he's back. thinking at this point, do I ask him about yeah, the brows? So, it's, there's sort of only one of them. So he's come back and he's like, well, he's like, side on, having a look. And he's like, well, I'll just give your brows a bit of a tidy up. And I was like, <laughs> thanks, mate. I thought you were never going to ask. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> no, it was good. And then the next day, all the boys on game day, yep. Sidey went and got a haircut, definitely had a brow chop. Yep. Geordie DeGoey had a haircut a week ago, but because other people did it, he – he liked to tag along and get another haircut. Hang so he had so two Ge- haircuts in a week. Geordie's had one and then two in within seven days. Yeah. Is that because his bank balance has been boosted immeasurably oh, by the new deal? Yeah, and I think get- he doesn't like missing out. So all the boys oh, were getting a haircut and I don't think he could on. have sat in the team room by himself. So he's like, <laughs> I'll just go get my head shaved even more on the sides. Good. Um, I like it. How we got one. Yeah, they were, they were pretty yeah. good. I think we got some feedback, didn't we, Gast, about um, Steelo's one? Yeah, Steelo's just today did his presser. Steel and Bucks yep. did their press conference and someone's picked up that there's serious brow grooming for Steel, Chris Warren says on Twitter. So do you it's think a real nice close-up photo. Does it look like Steel's had some action, some brow action? Yeah. I don't know if he's monobrow tendencies neat. normally, but that's pretty neat. Okay. Well, uh, exquisite brows. Yeah. I think we've started something here, yeah. Scott. Or maybe we've just, we just, just yeah, shined a light on it. Oh, we've opened Prandora's box, haven't yeah. we? The, the men around the country are getting yeah. Can I read out some tweets to you that we had yes. during the week? There was a couple. One, uh, Michael says, don't worry about the eyebrow chops. You know you're getting old when your hairdresser starts trimming your ear hair. That's an oh, issue. Yeah. So that's yeah. next level. Yeah. Let's stay away from that. Um, and Andrew P, is his barber is a Collingwood fan, yep. listens to the podcast, and he went for the brow chop and said, no, nah, actually, you don't need a Jay Clark. Oh, the barber's onto it. He's a listener. And he has well named done. his brow chopping after you. Wow. Well, you don't need a Jay Clark. <laughs> well, you are Mr. Worldwide, aren't you? Well, I am. Yeah. Um, to be, you mean the, the, the tweet? You know what I'm saying. Don't, <laughs> so, don't know yeah. what I'm talking about. Um, so I got, got home the other night. It was late night at work. Uh, it's been a big day. I sort of went to the fridge, opened the, um, you know, grabbed the beer, put the basketball on because I knew they were playing the Philippines thinking they'll be smashing them. And just as I turned on Scotty and Gas here, all hell broke loose. Like the timing was extraordinary. So I sort of rewound it a bit, grabbed the – I sort of – my basketball tweets usually get like 13 interactions maybe. Yeah. So I quickly just recorded as the, the whole fighting business. Yeah. 48 hours later, Scotty, Bleacher reported, picked it up, Fox Sports, NBC, CBS in America, Yahoo Sports, 1.4 million views it, had, uh, it, it has been watched. So I'm global. I'm trending you are. It. You are. <laughs> trending in global, as JB would say. 
And um, fair to say people at work might have been a little bit flat that I didn't sort of um, include a bit of a follow us at Herald Sun sort of reference or something like that. So I could have diverted the traffic there. But isn't your name Clarky at Herald Sun? Yeah, that's what I said, Scott, but it still didn't go down that well. But um, I was watching it at like 1am and it was literally ticking over by 1,000 views every second, like 10,000 views. And it got like 300,000 and a mate said – Coco said – you're, this is going to go to a million. I'm like, yeah. no way. And then I woke up in the morning, 1.1 million dollar views. So. Put it in context. What would what would a normal video? You how many views would it get? Five hundred. So five hundred. A good views. one would get five hundred. Not yeah. even a thousand. Not even a thousand. Yeah. So if like I don't. So you've times a million. Yeah. Your usual yeah. production. Yeah. So it's a shame there's no sort of commission kickback or any sort of copyright. Well, you'd be. That would be the biggest. I would say the biggest viewship or whatever the word is of a tweet by an Australian media personality Person. mm. in sport. Trying to think of another one. No. There would be not not much. Little viral things pop up, but not from journos. Yeah, well, not from, from a club journos. perspective. What would what, what's a big what, um, what, what, if you did a video with Scott shooting hoops or I don't know. Remember um, once we did Facebook Live after a game in the rooms yeah. mm. and that got just under half a million people. Really? So it went across and half a million big. and that, that was like – and then at that stage yeah. that was like yeah. massive. We did one a couple of weeks after after a loss and we had I think 300,000 people. Yeah. So yeah. I'm three times bigger than Anything the Collingwood Football Club. Is that what you're saying? Oh. Pretty much. <laughs> and so you should have yeah. been fucking us then. Hey, it is the week of uh, Silverioli. Uh, he has retired. It was um, a big surprise. It was a shock. We obviously know that you know he's been up in Darwin dealing with some family um, issues. What is your favourite Cyril moment, Scott, or, or least Phil moment? So when you've been out there, whether you've been caught by him or not, just – Recall this great man for us. Um, oh, I think the obvious one for me with Cyril is just what he brought to the game was so much more than the stat sheet. I know yep. we have in this day and age we have this fascination about stats. And we do. If you have stats, everyone loves it, and it's almost like he was the guy who, if he had stats, good and great, but he could impact a game like no other without like knock-ons, chase-down tackles, yep. perceived pressure. Um, I'm assuming if you played in the back line at Hawthorne in the that sort of golden period, you would have loved it because yeah. the amount of pressure he put on guys that were about to kick the ball to yeah. target, to skew the kick a little bit, then the back line comes in, mops it up, go forward. Like He was just an unbelievable player. Probably one of my favourite players just to yeah. watch yeah. and watch live. Um, no doubt he would have put so many bums on seats and sold so many memberships to the Hawthorne Football Club. And, um, An elite kick inside oh, 50. Unbelievable kick, unbelievable skill. Um, and he's so selfless. That's the other thing I reckon. Yeah. No, I've clearly never played with him, but I reckon if you play with him, you'd love him for him. Like he had every right to be more selfish with some of the magic he could do, but he always brought his teammates into the game, celebrated with all his teammates. And um, yeah, and he was, I think, underrated probably too for his hardness. You know, he could go into that center square whenever they needed a clearance and get it out. Um, amazing tackler. I remember one game against Hawthorne. Mm. Um, I got a clearance in the back. Off the, off the stoppage in the back line. So I was probably 30 out from goal. And mm-hmm. I remember getting it and like Croft went to rush me and I stepped him and thought, oh, well, I'm out here. Like I yeah. think my spatial awareness is all right. Yeah. And so I got <laughs> so around. So you sold candy around oh, Croft for got the 5,000th time in your career. Got around Croft yeah. and I'm like, I'm out here. What am I going to hit up? And next minute it's just like bang. And I'm like, what was that? <laughs> and like my head's on the ground, the ball, the umpire look over and it's holding the ball. I still yeah. don't know what's happened. I've turned around and Cyril's got the ball. Yeah. And then Croft come up from behind and push me and he's like, I bet you didn't see Cyril coming. (laughs) (laughs) Clearly not, mate. Otherwise I would have kicked it. But um, yeah, I reckon across my time, there's even in games, he's someone that I've always noticed more. Round one this year, 
I would say that he was the difference in that game. Yeah. The amount of little knock-ons or we would be out and would go to handball, he would like hit the handball out of bounds or something. The amount of little impacts that he stopped us from scoring and gave back to Hawthorne. He's, he's just unbelievable. Yeah. Um, what about the, you? What's your favourite? I like the 2015 Grand Final. So he, he won the Norm Smith Medal. Like that. his first quarter was unbelievable. Maybe the most impactful quarter I've seen. And to do it on the big stage, unbelievable. Kicked two early goals, set up a third. Um, and there's a tackle. I think it was in the third quarter. He, I reckon he was probably all seen. He's probably 25 meters behind Mark Hutching. So he's probably yeah. like 10 meters inside the. Uh, forward 50 the forward 50 line and Mark Hutchings is like got an absolute paddock on on his absolute own taking a bounce and you sort of the, the you see the wide camera shot and it's a huge distance and you're like he is fine there we'll kick up field takes a bounce and then Cyril just explodes from a defensive point of view the defensive running and and catches him made up a ridiculous amount of ground in no time and you know that's the sort of thing for me just like he just Chased him down out of nowhere. The 2007, no, 2008 grand final where he tackles Corey Enright, Max Rook on the wing. Yeah. Uh, like third effort, wins a free kick. You see Alistair Clark's in the box, just claps. You know, great effort. That sort of defensive stuff. We see the brilliance of his knock-ons and his goals, but that defensive stuff changed the game for me. And, yeah. You know, in his first year, Scott. Yeah. Like in his first year, 2008, that was as good a year as he's had Right throughout his career. He's 19 from the Tiwi Islands. His draft camp, he nearly didn't finish the 3K run. Like, that's how unfit he was. Or Bacchanara had a word to him. Or yeah, one of the two. <laughs> I mean, he told interstate clubs that, yeah, uh, yeah. You I know, don't like to train. I don't like to train, <laughs> yeah, if that's yeah. my draft team. Anyway, um, but he was – so the Hawthorne boys say he was the best boxer at the club. Yeah. So, like, to the point where no one would fight him anymore. His speed in close. Um, oh, you'd imagine. Imagine how quick yeah. his hands would be. Was not, were unbelievable, and yeah. you look at you look at Buddy and the impact he had at Hawthorne. Like Cyril's up there on the field, obviously with Buddy, but maybe even more beloved, even more popular. He brought so much joy to the game. Yeah. So you know, yeah. probably the greatest small forward of all time. What? Who could you think of anyone better? Or who's been the best at Collingwood? Like if we say Cyril's the best. Yeah, I think for me, oh, over my career, like the couple that really stand out, it's like Stephen Milne. Yeah. I think he's incredibly underrated, but he could just get it done. Yep. Like week in, like in terms of kicking goals. Yeah. Um, Leon Davis, Alan Didak are the two here that yep. stand out for me because they were just both um, – they could create something from nothing. Like grand final, I still remember Dids having that shot yep. on the boundary, left foot boundary side, like yep. splits it through the middle, like never going to miss type stuff. And when yep. you – I think there's probably just guys in the league where like Cyril, when they had the ball, you just were like, right, I'm just going to keep running forward here because he'll hit a target. It's yep. almost like – just exclude him from getting it because you know that we'll get it back. And Dids was the same. Leon was the same. Every time they got the ball, you're like, this will hit a target and we'll just move forward from there. And you make that – so in play, you make that decision in your mind, don't you? Like you, you've got to – if you're running forward off your opponent or you're yeah. hovering back, yeah. you've got to make that subjective assessment on yeah. the chances of him hitting yeah. that target. Yeah, so like when Dids would get the ball or Leon, it's like you look up and you try and see what they see yeah. and you just go, right, I will. so if get he's going to lead up here, I'm running into that space behind where he's come from, there's going to be a massive hole. Yeah. There's some guys who get the ball and you're like, right, let's put the – Let's yeah. put the park brake on and let's stop. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, um, Which is what my teammates used to do, let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, so, um, no, nah, but, yeah, as you said, like, the, that's, the small forwards are so exciting because their role is actually so hard. Yep. They don't get the ball kicked to them in one-on-ones. They, it always goes to the key forward. He has to crumb. Yeah. Like, they don't run. Yeah. You know, I think Push Aaron up. Davey probably brought it in, didn't he, the forward pressure. Yeah. But now it's, like, expected if you play small forward. So you spoke about did. So how was Leon Davis um, different? 
Oh, Leon could Leon, I think with Leon there's that speed like he had more speed than Dids so the speed to pressure perceived pressure um, and then his hardness as well like he, he was really hardy there's some of the goals that he'd kick where he'd hit a front and centre bust through a tackle spin out goal and then he used to give his little finger to the crowd and his little tongue wag and yeah. things like that they're just did he bring in energy yeah I think yeah. that's what all those guys do there they've got stuff you just can't coach and as much as probably coaches would say oh I coach that there's like stuff that no doubt that Clarko would say like look there's certain things we had added to his game but at the end of the day we just let him go because yeah he didn't need to be taught a hell of a lot like what Cyril was doing at 18 19 yeah. he's tackling and stuff like that's yeah he's had that clearly since he was 12 and his desire yeah. to tackle it's just it's what I think when you go to the footy and you see stuff like that that's what people pay to see yep um and pay to watch that sort of stuff. Benny Dixon tells this story like um, <clears throat> early days at Hawthorne. He said, I reckon Cyril's bounce is something he could improve on. Like he's trying to, you know, well, how can we improve Cyril? It's like, I reckon he can just fix up his bounce a little bit. And like Damien Hardwick like punched him or something and said, mate, if you touch him, you're in big strife. Just yeah. leave him alone. He's yeah. already perfect. Yeah. And he said he, he, he ripped out like he, he made this comment where he said, I'm going to go into Cyril's car rip out the Box Hill pages out of his mailways because there's no way he's going near the VFL, you know. He's got like he's going to be in the seniors from round one, which was uh, which was an early call. Just on Leon before we move away, it's hard to talk about him without the grand final disappointment. Like he got dropped for the grand final. Yeah. Just – and did Goldie come in? Was yeah. it Goldie come in? Yeah. yeah. How, how was that? Because there was a big question mark over whether Leon could play in big games and he didn't yeah. have a great record. Just as a teammate's perspective, how did you see that and how do you think he handled it? I couldn't think of anything more difficult than being dropped for a grand final oh, like that. Yeah, either could I. And um, I think there was, there was a number of us that didn't play well in that first grand final. And, um, yeah, I suppose, you know, I was 22 at the time, so I didn't I – didn't, played in too many finals with Leon before that and yeah um yeah you just trusted the match committee to be honest and they made the call and Leon was fantastic that week yeah um with how he trained and prepared for the game but no Selfless, doubt he would have hey? been sitting there and it would have been you know would churn him up inside that yeah he wasn't a part of it but um yeah I think that that's just football and he was unlucky and then I think after that he went back didn't he so he's not too yeah. many small forwards would have won an all Australian as, as a forward pocket and a back yeah. pocket yeah was that his best footy Oh, I, was, I think there's the ridiculous stat. I think it was until round 23 of 2011. Yeah, every one of his kickouts had hit a target. That's he operated like 100 percent until round 22. That is unbelievable. Like never missed the target, and that that yeah. takes into account the times where he's got nothing. You kick it long, that counts as hitting a target. But yeah, every other one that he went for, he hit. Like yeah, and he used to just say, it's "So funny," because he always trained in winter in pants. <laughs> always, like, <laughs> like always had pants on. And Mick never said anything to him because. Like, he'd still get out there and train, but he just trained in, like, tracking yeah, pants. Yeah. It was so cold. Yeah. And then kickouts, and he goes, like, Mick's like, what do you want? And Leon just goes, oh, well, just move and put your hands up and I'll hit you if I like you. Yeah. Like, that's just how <laughs> confident he was with the ball in his hand. He was so good. Is he the best field kick at Collingwood? Yeah. That you've seen? Yeah, easily. Yeah? Who would come? Who would you prepare if you had a kickoff contest? Oh, Bucks contest? is pretty good. Yeah. But, but um, decent. Thanks. Leon had, Bucks more, be listening. Leon had more kicks in his repertoire than Bucks, if you know what, what you I mean. Like, so, Leon, Bucks was like a... Awesome long kick, short kick, but everything was like hard. Yeah. If you kicked it out, yeah, like you almost break your hands trying to mark it. Where Leon, I think, had like the hard passes, the weighted balls, the check sides, whatever you needed. Whereas like Bucks had them all as well, but Leon just had them all. Like Bucks liked, like Pebs, unbelievable to mark some of the Bucks' kicks that would have come at him because they're 60 meter like tracer bullets. Yes. I wouldn't like to mark them, especially in winter. And so, how would Bucks go? And I know he'll be listening, he's a big fan of the podcast. So, when you dropped one of those bullets, how did he cut with that when they slept through the fingers and hit you on the head? 
Um, oh, probably not well. <laughs> yeah, 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 probably, yeah. Not well, but they were coming so hard. Is he, he still, still kicking through hard? Yeah, yeah well, he'll probably work on it now that he's heard it on this. Does he still have a kick out there training like he Oh, he has to? a little bit, but yeah. he's lost a lot of distance now. Like, he's a bit older. Yeah. How old is he now? Like, 44? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I think he's 44. He's, um, yeah, he's right into his yoga, so doesn't he's, like to do too much kicking. That right? Might um, tighten up one side of the hamstrings. Yoga we know man. they were a bit of a weakness towards the back end. I see. Hey, uh, what about Steele's 200th? It is the week of Steele. He's just had a press conference then. How did, it, did you – you were there, Gas? You were there in the interview? I was there. Everyone was there. All was the boys came yeah. out yeah. on their lunch break. Was well, he forthcoming? Was he sort of – did he give a bit? Um, no, he got oh, shut down really. mode. Not really. No. He had Bucks by his side, so Bucks did the talking yeah, most yeah. of the They'll time. Right. It's weird. They're asking – Bucks questions about Steele and Steele standing there. Yeah. It's like, what's his favourite position? It's like, give it to Bucks. Like, ask Steele. The thing is with that, right, when you're interviewing a player like that, if they don't give you much, like, it can be... That's your job, mate, to get it out of them. Yeah, I know, but like, if he's, oh, Steele, what does it mean to play your turn of games? Oh, it's good, mate. I'll reflect on it yeah, when I finish. Career, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you mean. Yeah, and, you know, what do you think your strength over the journey is being, oh, you know, like, you know, just hit the targets and help the boys and... <laughs> And then, and then say, all right. And then, you know, what's made yourself better? You know, the past couple of years, what do you think about your transition from outside inside? Oh, you know, just trying to do whatever Buck says. Ha, ha, ha. And they're like, you can't, well, you can't write much from that. So you need a bit of depth where Bucks can articulate yeah. probably. And that Elaborate. is no disrespect to Steel. I probably wouldn't be as interesting in that situation either. But yeah. I can understand it. But you tell us what is a great thing about um, Steel because the game has changed a little like bit in football years. sense yeah if we'll like start with on the, on the field then we'll go off the field um, on the field it's just his ability to make guys better and like I don't say that lightly because there's players in the comp who are unbelievable players but I don't know if they make their team a hell of a lot better for yeah. it where Steel is a guy that's been underrated outside not internally but outside um, so what does he do like that, that we don't see? What do oh, you like the defensive that? transition, like say the running or yeah. the covering off, other people's yeah, man, c- potentially covering or the offensive transition where he gut runs 150 meters to put on a, a, a shepherd or a, give a little handball. Provide that, an option. Yeah, or sending the ball back to the top of the square or yep. actually running to get on the end of a goal. Like all the work rate stuff that he does is incredible. Um, he probably could have been playing as an inside midfielder for, for longer, to be honest, but he's so valuable as an outside midfielder for times that, um, you know, he wanted to come inside, but his his selfless nature is like, well, I can see there's enough guys inside. There's not enough probably to play Mm. my role that I'll stay outside for one or two more years. It's interesting. um, Yeah, because I think... Because he probably hasn't got the individual recognition because of that because he could have been one of the main men in the middle. 100% he could have been. And you have a look at him last two years playing predominantly inside, like great clearance player, um, kicks goals, gets back and forward, transitions as good as anyone in the league. So, yeah. Um, is he yeah. left footed or right footed? He's right footed. Are you sure about that? Yeah, I'm 100% sure. I know he's a right footer. Um, Do you know Gas? <coughs> but Both are handy. He's, um, he should kick more on his left foot. Why? He's better on his left. He's a, his left foot is so good that he's, he's, his non preferred foot is better than his right yeah. foot. Yeah. Wow. So, like, we do set shot goalkeeping comps pre-training, yep. mucking around. Last week, he just was like, I'm just going to use my left the whole time. And it was 10 out of 10. <laughs> so, you're talking from, like, you <laughs> go, like, ridiculous. you go like boundary, two shots boundary, yeah. two shots 45, two directly in front, two other 45, two other boundary. Yeah. 10, 10. Left foot. Amazing. Has he always been like that? Yep. And, but, like, it's, his whole action is a bit better on the left side. Like, he kicks like a left footer, like, you know, the arc. And where he's right, he's really straight. Yeah, um, yeah. I think he's a left. He kicks better. He's got more distance on his left foot. 
Um, but it's pretty handy to be able to go both ways. So Sammy Mitchell's probably regarded as the best dual-sided kicker, probably, externally. Short do you, kick. Do you think that's right? And Or who... Yeah, who's Sam up, Mitchell. Who's, Sam yeah. Mitchell is. So he's, but is, do you reckon Steele's got him covered, or are no. those the two? No. Sam Mitchell's first. Yeah. Yeah. Sam was like, he'd cut you to ribbons with like short yeah. passes. The only time he'd kick long is when he didn't like anything, and then he'd kick those long high balls that he used to kick that were that used to make me laugh. But yeah, his, <laughs> his left and right was, was like, say, talking 10 out of 10. Yeah. He's that. And then yeah. I reckon Steele was probably your eight. Yeah. Yeah. What is he like off the field? Because he seems externally the perception, and I don't reckon I would love to have seen more of Steele over the journey. Because I reckon he's been uh, a bit behind the scenes, or he's um, been a bit lower key with his public profile. But he seems like such a popular figure in the team. Yeah. Seems to have such a warm personality and character. I would love to have seen a bit more of him. But what's he like? Um, my impression is is just like he's the typical footballer. Yeah. So. Um, what I mean by that is like he'd be right at home if AFL stopped right this day and he yeah. had to go back and play local footy. Yep. He'd be right at home in the change rooms. Yeah. Just loves the boys, banter. loves the banter, loves the jokes. Yeah. Beer um, after the game. Beer after the game type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably the next day, catching up for a beer and a palmer and yeah. you know, having a punt, something like that. Like just <laughs> yeah. all those things that teams do he loves. And then yep. um yeah, he's a guy that you're just drawn to. Like he's his laugh's infectious. He's always got a smile on his face. Yep. If there's a game on the sprung floor here, which is sort of like our basketball netball court. If there's a game of cricket, handball, soccer, soccer yeah. whatever it is, he's always out there first or hears about it and he's straight out there. So yeah. um, he's just a, the ultimate sort of team guy, the glue guy, makes yeah. everything work, always looking for fun. Yeah. Um, in the tough periods here where we've, you know, like last couple of years when we haven't been going so well, he's always walks in with a great Small. attitude. And he always he says, like, I love footy. Yeah. Like I know there's winning and losing and it's always better to be winning, but I just love yep. the environment and love footy and So is he gonna uh, play local footy after he finishes? He'll play to fifty. <laughs> <laughs> if his body allows it, he'll play to fifty, I yep. reckon. Like it's just Yeah. Yeah, it's just I think you know, it's, people talk about it's a business, footy's a business and that like to steal it's football. Yeah. This is what he loves doing. He wouldn't have thought that he's worked a day in his life. This yeah. is is he's a kid playing out his dream on the MCG. Yeah, that's amazing. I love hearing that. What um how's he go in the leadership sense? Like is he is he sort of said that have you had conversations <laughs> where he hasn't necessarily covered it that or is it something more he's grown into? No, he's definitely grown into it. I think as he's like, you know, he's played two hundred games now. So yeah. um his football IQ is extremely good. Yeah. Um the work he'll do at training with guys um, from a structure point of view and because he's because he can play multiple roles, you know, he's got knowledge of so many different roles and yeah how it works and um yeah his leadership stuff because he does have an impact off the field you know he's such a guy who likes to get togethers and things like that and yeah um yeah and he's and he's also when in his younger days you know being one of the guys that you know probably loved to be a little bit too much and, and things like that so yeah. he's got you know he gets it from both parts of, of leadership from being a young kid and yeah um yeah he's he's uh he's been first class last one on steel i always think of him and dame beams coming through at the same time together, you know, that draft where they've got those two incredible midfielders which helped with a 2010 premiership. How do you see the differences in their game? Um, because they're very different players, oh, aren't Very they? different players. Like, Beams is an absolute elite inside player who can get forward, kick goals. Um, Rehydrate yourself, mate. He's 45 degrees it's 45 in the degrees in here. Are you in charge of that gas yeah. or not? No, I don't know what's going on with It's like a sauna. <laughs> Scott's about to take his shirt off again. Yeah, it's hot as in here. Um, yeah, both Politics. very different. I think... Like, Benzie is, like, an elite inside player and, like, one of the best insiders in the comp, I reckon. Yeah. 
underrated. Steel's probably the same. Um, Steel can go both though. Steel can go in out. Yep. Um, play multi multitude of roles. So, yep. yeah, if you're probably looking at their careers to date, I think Beams is. I think he's won three B and Fs at the Lions, hasn't he? Or two, yep. and then one with us. And you yep. you you'd have them like sort of right on the yep. same pedestal in the club. The club would be like recruiting wise. That draft was was a killer for Dick us. They done well. I just reckon. I wonder if Beamsy's Beamsy's Beamsy Beamsy's ceiling is a bit higher. Where Steel is more consistent. Is that fair? Yeah, I think it's probably or more well rounded. Beamsy's had probably bigger games at AFL. You know, like he's had five goal games where he's kicked a uh, kick five and had thirty five. Yeah. Um, whereas Steel, you probably always lock in for thirty and one. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, you're probably yeah. right. Maybe like Beamsy probably's had bigger games than what Steel's had. Yeah. Um, you know, but then Steele's had some pretty massive games on big stages too, which adds adds to his legacy. Gas, I want to ask you this honest question here, mate. Now, you obviously work here at Collingwood. Where you do a lot of the great digital work. I read all your stuff all the time. You do a fantastic job. But not always do players, I've, from what I've gathered, always want to sort of be doing the media stuff or doing the interview after a game yeah, after no. they lost. So you've got sort of blokes who look real cranky. You don't want to help you out at all. I remember Andrew Mackey gave me the worst interview of all time <laughs> after a loss one day. Like, seriously, right up there. Adam Schneider's also gave me an absolute shocker. Like, you know when you just give up after a minute 20? Yeah, like, this interview know, really away. going nowhere. I've done with those two blokes um, Thanks very much For your time Schneids But this is a waste of it um, How does Steel go When in that moment Like is he happy To help out And step you up And you know Help out and step up Give an interview In difficult circumstances Or is he just like Nah mate I don't want to do this interview I reckon he loves The fun stuff more Yeah. So like last year We did these pieces With him and Goldie Oh that was the hilarious impersonations and stuff They did and one of you Scotty Which yeah, was one of the greatest That of was all the first time. one And he loved that Yeah But I reckon if I asked him After a game To yep. talk about losing by five goals Yeah I'd get pretty short answers That impersonation of you And the other one was Fazzy yep. We should yeah. get Goldie and on more come. Just I was do thinking about Doing one back for Steelo This week but just come and couldn't pull it off. Yeah, it's just not me. <laughs> just, you just got to know your role sometimes. Goldie's, Goldie's back from Europe now And he wants to do more of them So oh, we should, You should get Goldie to do one of Steel Has he done one? Maybe. Not this week, no. Let's talk about gold. What? Come on, Gaston. <laughs> you need to get in our meetings on a Monday morning. Do I do. I'm happy to help out. Hey, let's talk about – well, let's talk about Dunny first because he's yeah. done his knee. Such a shame. Extraordinary value for a bloke to come across Melbourne. I think cost the club uh, – dropped down in the, that draft four places to get a bloke who's held down full back yeah. so well, age 31, 32, um, since round six last year. What has been fantastic about Lyndon Dunn and how on earth are you going to replace this guy? Well, Dunny is almost in the same vein as Sidey in terms of like – his attitude, his infectious personality around the club, um, yeah, and you—it's like, yeah, it's—you don't replace a guy like Dunny in your football side because he's so selfless. The way he plays, what the role he can play, um, you know. But what you do do is you you bring in someone else and you find out, yeah, a new way to play together as a back six. So our back six is going to go through a little bit of a teething period almost to, to figure you got out to tweak. You got to play together. What? You know, who gets a new role and they've got to get their head around that new role and how do we play as this group, which Dunny and Howie have led really well. So, um, you know, that's going to fall to to the back six and Howie or back seven and Howie, Longy, um, you know, and we'll all get around and support them. And um, But, yeah, it's 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 a crushing blow for a guy like Dunny who, who's come here. Um, 196 been, games without a final. He's been extremely valuable to what we've built over the last two years. And Man, great pick. Oh, unbelievable! And that's credit to the recruiting staff again for for yeah. bringing him in, identifying a role, and um, and then Dunny also credit goes to him for coming in and um, having the hunger and drive to yeah to really 
reinvent and prove himself and, and play in a new system and a new way? It would probably be one of the, and I don't mean this in an offensive way, but would be one of the lowest paid senior players in the competition. So if you take the rookies in the first and second year players out, he would be one of the lowest paid players in the competition. And for him to be so consistent. Yeah, and he pa- plays on the highest paid players in the yeah. competition. Mm. Jesse Hogan um, does really well. A few weeks ago. Um, yeah. So that's a credit to him. I think he finished 11th in the best and fairest uh, last year. Brody Mychek has also been a great pick because now the attention falls onto him. Yeah. Guy's played a great role forward, Scotty. Um, can he do it down back? Yeah, well, he can. That's what he trained all summer for, yeah. to, to play down back. And he's a defender, so. Um, probably Ford was more foreign to him, having to pick that up. Yeah. Um, defensively, you know, football IQ is off the charts with, with checkers. So yeah. he gets it really quickly. We've seen with his stuff in the forward line how quickly he's picked up the role and ability to play. Like I think his one-on-one stuff for the ball is like, you know, in the top five or six in the comp in terms of one-on-one contest winning. Yep. Winning it in wow. the air or on the ground, so he's yeah. um, been exceptional for us. So what a pick! Um, yeah, and I think that's the beauty of like the list having forty-five guys on your list is you've got to think. You can't just think best case scenario. Like if what happens, we're almost in it right now. What happens if X, Y, and Z drops, drops, drops? Who yeah. who do we bring in, and are they going to be competent to play the role? And Checkers has been fantastic, and it's the strength of our side this year is we haven't relied on names or individual performers to to win us games of football. We do it as a group, and yeah, um, you know, Dunny's down now but we'll pick him back up bring him along for the rest of the season and he'll add no doubt about it he'll add to the to what we achieved this year we wish him all the best Dunny but something extraordinary is happening <coughs> behind the scenes at Collingwood which has flown under the radar I guess you've got to get onto this at collingwoodfc.com.au Tyson Goldsack is currently attempting one of the fastest recoveries complete and successful recoveries from an ACL in football's history there's been two other like ridiculously quick ones. Uh, Tony Liberatore, when he got back in like 18 weeks, and then David Schwartz, I think he was like 23 weeks or something, and he blew his second knee. So it didn't work for him. Um, it did for Liber. He was a bit shorter, you know, different body size. Goldie, yep. I think he's returning to come back in 32 weeks or some, no, something no, like that. would be less than that. Is it le- even less than that? Yeah, is it, it 28 weeks? This playing season, wasn't it, or just before the season? Yeah, he did it in the last preseason Bulldogs. game. Yeah. So what's that? That's 16 weeks so far. Is it? No, yeah. 17 weeks it would be because so he had the bye. So three so months, like, like 28 weeks. So he did last last JLT, yeah. week off round one, Yeah, 14 games in, so there's 17 okay. weeks. Yeah, 28 weeks. I'll say, I'll put on, I reckon that he'll, he'll play under 20, around 21, 22 weeks. So tell me, so Scott, that how, how is this even humanly possible? How has he done this? Because he's just had spent three weeks in no. Greece. He's no, he spent three weeks in Europe. Europe. His <laughs> Instagram is must-follow. Like he's, yeah. a, he's a great man, Goldie, and he's been good. How has he done this, Scott? Um, well, it's just the work that he's done. Um, and some guys, I think, I don't know ACLs too well, but I think the ACL that he had was just a clean ACL. There was no other parts of his knee involved. So clean that snap. Means, that means it gives you a chance straight away to come back. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, he's done the... He did the um, the clean ACL. His recovery has been pretty smooth. His attention to detail is phenomenal. In the gym, he's as strong as – oh, he's the strongest guy in the gym now, yeah. easily. Um, I think he's seen the surgeon like a couple of days ago and he's been completely ticked off from a strength point of view that you know he's off the charts at whatever he is, five months compared to guys at nine months. So. They're wow. not going to hold him back just for a time thing. Like he's right to go. So yeah. now he ramps up in a bid to to get back. When do you think he can play? Oh. What does Goldie say? I don't. I haven't spoke to Goldie. He only got back yeah. from Greece a couple of days ago. But yeah. Um, well, I don't know. Maybe between four and six weeks from I now. I don't know. That's so. Do you yeah. think? Do you think you're the captain of the club? Do you think that there's a chance he could come back and play finals? 
I think he'll I think he'll get back because his mindset is since day one has been I'll be back before the end of home and away. So he's had this manifesting in his mind for the whole so time long that he's almost believing, you know, his own thoughts and the like, power of positive thought. You think that plays know, a role? Oh, it's the most underutilized thing in football. Do you do that? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you just if you envision it enough, it will become reality. Mm. So it's the same thing. If you think you can do it, you will. If you think you can't, you won't. And Goldie has said from day one that he'll be back before the end of the home and away season. So I'm not shocked. Inspiring bloke. Yeah, unbelievably. And he's like he's probably out there now in the gym. So he's here all the time doing stuff. Apart from when he goes on his little trips to Europe. Aside from the whole, yeah, look, yeah. their beer looked cold. <coughs> it looked nice, gas. So he's yeah, sitting yeah. out there on that beach. We've got to get him in yeah. here at some point. Um, yeah, so he's, he's ticking all the boxes he can. So if there's a glimmer of hope that he's back yeah. in the home and away season, he'll be back because he wants to be back. So you go out there to the gym. Does that is that uplifting? Like, do you? Oh, the, any any guy that's done a rehab like at this club with knees, like Shaz, um, I don't know who else, Shaz Goldie, guys like that. Yeah, they're, they're inspiring because it is long long days by yourself. And as much as you try and rally around them, yeah. once footy season comes around towards the back end of the week where you're getting close to game day, yeah. you're not in here for too long. What? So, yeah, yeah he's, um, he's done extremely well. Last one on this, right? Just so you guys play finals. I'm not putting words yeah, in yeah. your mouth. or like no, no. Just, just <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I, I know, mate. Go just on. say you get to finals, yeah. right? And then he runs out there with you, right? Yeah. Which is clearly his goal. He's not yeah. coming back to play VFL. Yeah. Like, obviously, he's happy to play VFL. But his, his clear goal is to come back and play mm-hmm. AFL. So you run out there. It's elimination final or it's a qualifying final, first final, and he's there next year. How, do you, how does it make you feel? Or even the thought, the possibility of that? I'd probably just play your role, mate. <laughs> what a robot. I no. guess, what do you think? You, you, you know this place, you know the guys, yeah. and how beloved he is. We spoke about um, Surioli before. He's one that, you know, everyone loves him, this guy. What do you, if he walked out there, what, what, how do you think that would make everyone else in the 22 feel? Well, he's inspiring when he's fully fit. So yeah. I imagine after that sort of journey, everyone would have to be up and about. It'd be like... It's a guy who played a yeah. game against Freo with a broken yeah, collarbone. that's a great <laughs> yeah, example of this. But it'd, it'd be like... You know when a player kicks their first goal and they, everyone gets around him? Yeah. I feel like that's what it'll be like when Goldie comes back this yeah. season for us and yeah. plays. And I get probably, goosebumps thinking about it. It'll probably be his first spoil. Yeah. You're yeah. all getting around him. With your fo- his first forward 50 tackle, whatever it is. Yeah. Because he is. He's an unbelievable fella. Um, yeah, and it would, it would mean a lot... To me, to, to line up with him in a final, just because I've played TSC Cup Premiership the whole with career him. with him, yeah, been the whole way through with him, and just to see yeah. him get back and yeah, and and too more for him than yeah, what it would be for like yeah. I just want to see him back, yeah, 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 he'd be amazing. Um, should we talk about? Are, we, are you okay to talk about LeBron and Lakers yet? Have you sort of calmed down? Yeah, yeah I'm all right. As long as like, well, I'm, you're, let's get this on the record. <coughs> you're not. A, you've been. An anti-LeBron man no, for a long period of time, management. and you've been a strong. You're you're obviously a big LA Lakers fan. You love the Lakers, and now it's almost like the coming of My the two. two. Worlds yeah, they have, haven't yeah. they? So, just how are you feeling about it? Is this a good thing or a bad um, thing? No, it's good because clearly, like he's an unbelievable player. But the the part that I've always struggled with is the how it always looks like it's his way or the highway with management. Yeah, and what I mean by that is like. Um, it's LeBron's team Yeah LeBron's team He brings in his guys And they play a certain way Because that's what LeBron wants to do Whereas I think at the Lakers With Magic Johnson Who by the sounds of it LeBron sort of idolises Because he's a businessman um, You know He's got all those things That LeBron wants After basketball So I think with even Some of the moves We've already made you know, Keeping Lonzo Ball um, Brandon Ingram Guys like that So hopefully he He might enjoy The little step back Of not having to worry About who they bring in 
um, what they do. And clearly they're going to be a win now. They want to win the championship within his four-year term. But, yep. yeah, I think that he, he'll have a lot more trust in the organisation than probably what he had or um, what he needed to do for Cleveland. Yeah. Do they, you need another – who do you want as the – Kawhi Leonard. Robin, Robin. But you can't give up the farm for him. You know, he wants like – Which which young LA players would you be prepared to trade for him? Um, Not Lonzo? Uh, Brandon Ingram I'd let go. Yeah. First round pick, two second round picks. Coos? No, maybe Coos. I'd give it up probably. But, but the hard thing is you can get him next year for free and keep all those players. Yeah. yeah. So, That's what I would do. Yeah. Sit I don't know. It. Maybe Tell sit. Guess. Like Sit on it for a year. Yeah. Let LeBron settle in, win like, maybe and then go forty back. or fifty it's pretty games. Pretty tough too. Like then, the West, like Golden State have just got the All Star yeah, center and Demarcus Cousins. How do you so. feel about that move? Um, so you got a ridiculously oh, talented yeah. team. Yeah, just go and pick up one of the best pet top yeah. three. Best. Well, he's coming off an Achilles rupture. Um, yep. So we, I mean, know how hard that is when we've seen guys come back in football terms from Achilles rupture. So, yeah. but they still he's done back. a one year deal, five million bucks, which is nothing over there. Peanuts. So he's clearly going to be there for one year because he wants to play really well for a year and then go sign a max somewhere. Yep. So they've got him for one year. Um, other, I think other clubs offered him like two years, 40 mil, but he knows he can get more than that if he just takes a little hit one year, signs a four or five-year deal. So yep. Apparently yeah. the same contract was on the table for him at the Lakers. Yeah. And the Lakers turned it down. Lakers said no. Mm. Yeah. So, Which is crazy. Yeah, well, he's got a bit of a bad rep in the league of being like a bit of a sook and it's all his Psycho. way. So yeah. it's probably a good move from him and his management to go to Golden State. So show that he can play selfless basketball, yeah. be part of a team. Strongly. And, and show that he's a winner too because it's something that, as good as he is, he's never played playoffs. Last one, um, what, what do you think about – how do you feel about the super teams in the NBA? Do you think this, this is a step back for the league? Because it is um, – do, do they need to prohibit this sort of stuff? Because their team is stacked. Scott. Yeah, I think they're, they're happy with Golden State, Lakers and all that becoming super teams because they're massive franchise and it just means more money for the league. So, mm-hmm. like, the small-sized teams taking a hit doesn't really affect the bottom line for the NBA. I feel like this is testing the – testing oh, the people's faith. In yeah, the, but this is a one-year thing, you know, like – DeMarcus will be there for one year and then he might go somewhere but you're right there is an emerging pattern of let's go play in the NBA yeah. well I think they I think they need to get rid of like the east and west so and, everyone's and lumped what? into the same thing because yep. you can't like you know how LeBron ruled yeah. the east for so long that the west was strong yeah so the west is going to be so or the travel that's the travel and the TV schedule probably makes it tricky but maybe in terms of the playoffs they just say yeah it. playoffs seed yeah. just one best record through to 16 because it would be like 13 sides from the west in that yeah so yeah mm, obvious good app Scotty good app um, good luck thanks for thanks Mr Worldwide pleasure global and trending um, good luck for Steel's 200th what thanks, are you going to what are you going to do before the bounce what are you going to do is anyone going to talk he's like what well, happens still, I'll ask him if he wants to go toss the coin Nice. Mm. So selfish. Good Selfless, That's excuse nice. me. So you can toss Selfless. the coin and um, he probably doesn't want to talk about himself. So yeah, I'll give the boys a bit of a rev about Steel Owen, yep. what it means. So give us, just give us a little snippet of what you would say. What's, what theme are you going to tap into? Um, this bloke's oh. been busting our ass for 10 years, boys. And he we hasn't gonna, been we busting gonna... our ass. He's been busting his ass for us. <laughs> that's, that's what I mean. No, I can't give you too much. Okay. I'll let you know next time. I'll give you we'll a few. We, we love this bloke. He's been doing everything for us. He's made us a better player for a long period of time. We're going to win for today, boys. Yeah. How are we going to do it? Great. Or now. It's supposed to be easy. Yeah, you got to yeah. really ramp it up. Uh, oh, that's why I leave the pre-game rest <laughs> to you, Scotty. It's fair to say I'm not very good at it. All right. Um, thanks for joining us on the Jock and Journal Show. Your brow looks great. Thanks, mate. Good hair for the occasion still. So, I know. Gash, you've been great for your Thank second you. game. Again, it's a, it's a learning curve. We'll step it up. Let's turn the air conditioning <laughs> down next time. Your All beard's right. in good, Nick. 
Thank you. I like the beard. Yeah. Any longer it goes red, and that's when it's time to go. Ginger Ninja. All right, thanks <laughs> for joining us. We'll catch you next show on the Jock and Jerry podcast. Thank you. <laughs>